Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. This is Stuff You Should Know. And I'm Josh Clark, and that's Chuck Bryant. Right, Chuck? That's a very formal introduction, Josh. I like it. Should I loosen up a little bit, man? Yeah, you're good. Chuck, you remember we were talking about like the worst way to die in a podcast, several podcasts back? Uh-huh. And uh, I said, for me, the worst way to die would be a plane crash. Right. Because you're on your way down, and you're fully aware the whole time, probably, of what's about to happen. I can't think of anything worse than dying in a plane crash, right. personally. With a bunch of strangers. Yeah. You know, you don't want to die with people you don't know. No way. Um... Okay, so the, one of the reasons I said that was because I've had a, a terrible experience on a plane. And nothing really untoward happened. Like, there wasn't a lot of turbulence or anything like that. Um, but I found out the hard way that I'm actually afraid of flying. Okay. Most of the time when I fly, it's to, you know, if I fly at all, it's to Europe or to Mexico or something like that, right? So it's a long flight. Okay. I'll take a colada pin and, you know, drink some scotch, and then that's it. I wake <laughs> up, and I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, it's like a time travel machine to you. It pretty much, yeah. I like that. Yeah, so, um, and it works like a champ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is I'm never uh, conscious or, at the very least, cognizant or, you know, doing anything but drooling the whole way. Right. You're, um, the, you're that guy. I know right. that guy. Well, uh, on the way back, actually, from Mexico, we had a layover in Miami. I had no pharmaceuticals. And uh, didn't ha- I think it was a cash flight, cash bar flight. Ugh. I didn't have any money. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. I just shelled out like half of my life savings for this flight from Miami to Atlanta. Yeah. And you can't give me liquor for free, right? Right. All right. So anyway, this this perfect storm of horribleness transpires. And I'm in the air. And all the way from Miami to Atlanta, um, I, I'm, I'm just completely convinced over and over again the plane's about to go down, right? And I was actually looking up uh, how fear works, right? Right. And I found out that when you have a fear response, there's two things going on. Okay. Number one is this real quick knee-jerk reaction that alerts you to danger, and our old friend, the fight or flight, send, um, um, fight or flight response, right. perks up. And then you've got a more thoughtful uh, process that takes a little longer. That's really analyzing context and stuff like that. And then if it if it if it concludes you're not in danger, it tells your uh, your hypothalamus to settle down. Be rational. Right. Okay. And then you calm down. Right. But this kept happening over and over and over again. So for three hours, it was like every 20 seconds I was cresting the hill of a roller coaster. Wow. It was one of the worst things that ever happened to me. So a lesson learned, as far as I'm concerned, I'll never travel unprepared again. Uh-huh. Um, but but it, it turns out, from what I understand, that the, the chances of me actually going down in a plane, right. this isn't, these facts and figures don't make me feel any better at all. That's but, true. But rationally speaking... I have a very little chance of going out on a plane, don't right. I? Right. Yeah. About you want to know the number? Hell yeah. Are you speculating? <laughs> no, no, no. I know that you know. I was setting you up right there. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, your chances of dying, or I'm sorry, not even dying. Your chances of even being involved in an air, airline crash um, are one in eleven million. Uh, and when you compare that to your chances of actually being killed in a car, and this is the one you always hear: airline versus car, or one in five thousand. But for some reason, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not driving the plane, that's so exactly I have no what. control over it. In a exactly car, right. it's I, I can maybe steer my way out of it. Yep, that's, you think that's, that's what it is? Well, that's one of the big reasons. It's not me thinking this. It's you know people have studied this, and the lack of control has a huge uh, uh, part at place, um, as well as the fact that um, negative bias. So 
a plane crash gets a lot, a lot of coverage. Sure, yeah. That's so it point. seems like they're dropping out of the sky with regularity <laughs> uh, because they don't, you know, cover the news. Uh, the news doesn't cover car crashes like not, it does. No, no, no. You're definitely not going to see that on the NBC nightly news. No, that's true. I've got I've got another another way of looking at it um, with numbers. Okay, do you know you would have to fly on an airline every day for thirty five thousand years to be guaranteed uh, uh, to, that you're going to be in a plane crash? That is be, an, to become inevitable. That is an awesome awesome stat. Isn't it? That one came from airdisaster.com, dot com, uh-huh. and um, that is a site that I would never recommend anyone go to yeah. if you have a fear of flying. Yeah, or if you don't, because you soon will. Yeah, exactly. I like to fly. It doesn't freak me out at all. Actually, I don't like to fly. I hate to fly, but it has nothing to do with fear of crashing. What is it, just the long process of it? Yeah, the process. Taking and being, off your shoes and the security check. Oh, I hate that. And being stuck on the plane next to people and uh, touching strangers and people are obnoxious <laughs> and the smells. and I, just, I hate it, man. I so hate you're it. not a club rubber, huh? You don't like t- touching strangers? Uh, no. No? Okay. No. All right. Well, good to know. See it little by little. A club rubber. I've never heard that. Uh, I'll explain it later. Okay. Um, so, okay. Well, all right. We, we understand that there's very little chance that you're going to get into a plane wreck. Right? True. But they still happen. It does happen. Some people have a much closer relationship with um, fate and coincidence and chance than others. So let's say one of our listeners uh, finds himself or herself in a plane that's going down. Right. There's some things that you may or may not want to do. And actually, before you even board, when you're booking a ticket, uh-huh. you may there's some stuff you want to take in, into consideration, right? Very true. Well, like what? Uh, well, before we get to that real quick, uh, people should know, just because your plane crashes doesn't mean you'll die either. You're so reassuring. I know. Uh, in fact, between 1980 and 2000, there were 568 crashes in the U.S., uh-huh. and uh, more than 90% of them survived. That's crazy. Most of these, I have to say this, were uh, takeoff and landing crashes, but of the 26 extreme crashes, and I think that means you're at 33,000 feet and then you go to zero feet, uh, you have more than a 50% chance of surviving that even. I would lose my mind. Yeah. I would lose my mind as I was walking away from that. <laughs> you would. So having said that, if you are on a plane and you're a fan of ours and you're going down, we feel very bad for you. But uh, For future you. For future Unless you're you. actually listening to this on a plane that's going down. If so, wow. hats off to you. Right. You've really achieved the you know trifecta. <laughs> I don't know what the other two things are, but they're the other one. Uh, the first thing most people want to find out about is there a, a safest seat. Yeah, and is there? Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask the FAA, their official stance is, no, there's not a safest seat. Well, sure. Exactly. That's what I think, is they can't really say that because people will be like, I'm not sitting there. Exactly, the FAA yeah. says I'm going to I die. don't want to sit in anything but the safe seat. Exactly. This is a death seat. Uh, but people study this stuff like you wouldn't believe. In Popular Mechanics, a uh, great magazine did a study. And over uh, a 36-year period, they studied data of plane crashes, commercial jet crashes. Um, in the United States, and passengers in the rear of a plane are, in fact, by their data, 40% more likely to survive than those in uh, toward the front of the plane. It's pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess any of you guys out there who are about to book plane tickets, look for the back of the plane. Look for the back of the plane. Let all the people, people like who don't listen front. to this podcast die. Right. People like sitting up front, though, because you get the uh, deboard. Is deboard? Is that a word? You get disembark. To, disembark yes. off the plane uh, yeah. quicker. And no one likes standing in that long line where everyone yeah, but man, if you're, pulls their stuff down. They, they also die. Which one is it? You know, exactly. you have to hear bye-bye, bye-bye like a few more times than the people <laughs> in the front, but you're going to survive if the plane goes down. True. So uh, I've got some tips for you, though. If you're on a plane, uh, before the crash ever happens, there's a few things you can do. 
to improve your chances. Yeah. You ready? Yes. Uh, and this is something I actually, after I wrote this article, I started doing this stuff. Did you really? Oh, yeah, man. Nice. Definitely. I mean, I'm, I don't, I'm not a, uh, I don't believe in bad luck and jinxes, but I thought I was jinxed. Really? After I wrote this, yeah. I yeah. thought, I'm the guy that wrote the article, and then I'm going to be the one, ironically, that perishes, <laughs> you know, from 33,000 feet. So uh, once you're on board, get to your seat, find the exit row. This is a no-brainer, but here's a little trick. What you want to do is you want to count how many rows are between you and the exit row and cement that number in your head, even if you're hopped up on pharmaceuticals and scotch. Right. So if you count 11 rows to the exit row, a lot of times you might be in the dark. You might be underwater. You know, Think about that. No. You can feel the seats and feel 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, up through 11, and then you, know, you take a left or a right, and you're at your exit. Right. And don't be misled by, you know... A, a detached arm, you know, if you're if you're in the dark, know the difference between a detached arm and a plane seat. Right. I did not put that tip in the article. I should have. Uh, the crash position has changed over the years, and not a lot of people know, know this. Which yeah. What's I think the is deal? Did you get an impression of why the crash position changed? Well, my hope is that it it's to make it uh, more likely that you'll survive. Well, yeah. I doubt if I hope there weren't politics or money behind it uh, or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, I think you used to put your head between your legs and, and cover your uh, between your knees and cover your head. Yeah. Now, that's not true. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to extend your arms, uh, put your hands, um, cross your hands over each other, and put them against the seat, the seat back in front of you. And then put your head against the back of your hands. So you've got your arms stretched out mm-hmm. and you, um, pressed against the seat in front of you and your head resting on, on the back of your hands. That's the new official yeah. crass position. Yeah. And now, I could actually life. see the lobby of the uh, In-Flight Magazine Publishers Association right. having that changed, you know? <laughs> right. You're going down like, wow, I can get that for that cheap? I want to know who does the artwork on those things. It's awesome. It's always the same. And there's like, there's probably one dude in Vermont that does all that artwork. For what? For the, the In-Flight little uh, brochure you get. Oh, the uh, the calmest Hindu cows people, the, yeah. the graphics. I love that that drawing. But yeah, it's it's yeah, very it's standard. Guy. Sure. Uh, Vermont, huh? Here's a little tip for you. Before you get on the plane, you should dress appropriately. Now, that sounds silly. If you're going to Maui, you want to have on your Hawaiian shirt and your flip flops. Mm-hmm. But uh, during a after a plane crash, there's glass everywhere. There's jet fuel. There's fire. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to be covered. So you should never wear open toed shoes. Um, you should wear long sleeves and a uh, long uh, sleeve shirt as well. Yeah, makes sense. If you're smart. Many people won't heed this advice, though, because, like I said, they want to be comfy on, you know, the transcontinental flights. Uh, if you if you have a family, family, say you and your wife have, like, uh, three kids, three or four kids, and uh, you're getting on the plane, you want to divide the responsibility up between the parents. Sure. Because it's a lot harder for one, uh, like, the father to try and wrangle four family members, uh, and you might get separated, so... Dad's in charge of little uh, Timmy and Johnny, and Mom's in charge of uh, Sue and uh, Jane. Yeah, <laughs> and if you uh, if you have a lazy spouse, you may want to reconsider flying as a family. Right, that's a good idea. You know, because everything may be on your shoulders. Yeah, and uh, listen, and this is a big one. Listen to the pre-flight instructions. I know that's typically, I guess, you're trying to get your scotch. Um, I'm annoyed with the people on both sides of myself. Yeah. But this is when you need to be listening because all planes are different and there actually are some variations in instruction depending on what kind of Yeah, I, I never knew that actually. Yeah. I, I thought it was all the same, so it's good advice, Chuck. No. And, and if the oxygen mass drops, you know mm-hmm. you're in trouble, put it on yourself first. And if you love your wife more than life itself, 
you may have an instinct to put it on her, but you have to save yourself first before you can save anyone else is the general thinking. Wow. Yeah. So those are those are a few Darwinistic tips. that last one. Yeah. <laughs> save yourself. Save yourself. So you can save others. Right. Okay. Well, Chuck, yes. as you were saying, there there's a substantial percentage of people who are in serious crashes that have survived, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them uh, was one one specific one uh, was made into a movie. One plane crash, right? Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Survive. You talking about the alive? Yes. There's some I've. I think it's alive. Okay. The the Uruguayan rugby team. Uh huh. You want to tell them about that? Uh, I, well, I thought you were. Oh, okay. Well, uh, actually, <laughs> this is your favorite. This is your favorite story. You it's re- a great story, um, and it's a great movie too. Actually, um, this uh, this Uruguayan soccer team probably uh-huh. should have known, uh, or rugby team. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, they probably should have known they were on a plane for Chile, and uh, they were in the Andes Mountains, which is like just the they should call those things the Widowmakers. There's yeah. Always there's a lot of crashes, crashes in them. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was Friday, October thirteenth. If, if there's a day to not fly, it's that day. Why is that? Friday the 13th in October? That's a bad day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's bad not luck. good. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so their, their plane goes down, right? There's 45 people on board. It's not just the rugby team, but there's there's some others. Um, and uh, basically for, I think, 72 days. Wow. Um, the survivors, some of them slowly died off. I think uh, 12 initially died in the crash. And then over the course of time, another 10 died over the next 72 days. Right. They, they didn't have any food or anything, so they, they ended up very famously resorting to cannibalism. Right, which before is they were they were finally fined. Yeah. Well, you know I love cannibalism. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, the movie was alive, uh-huh. made in 1993. Uh, we hear... Rumors that there may be a follow-up documentary about it coming. They're unsubstantiated, but keep an eye out for it. I think there has been a previous documentary at some point too. Yeah, well, they just had like some uh, some reunion, I believe. What was it? The uh, maybe twenty fifth reunion or something, or the thirty fifth thirty fifth reunion? Because a lot of these guys are still alive. Oh yeah, and they they reunited for you know. Uh, I don't want to ever be around you people again tour. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. All right. But, okay, so uh, what other what other things can you do to, you know, maybe stay alive besides cannibalism unless you're forced to resort to it? Right. Well, let's say your plane has crashed and you're on the ground. Uh, the first 90 seconds is vital. The golden what? Uh, they call that golden time. Okay. And uh, airlines are, are responsible for getting everyone off in those 90 seconds. That's the goal okay. for the airline industry. Uh, so that's what you really need to be concerned about. There's going to be fire, potentially, jet fuel, nasty stuff burning. So you want to get down low because the fumes from this stuff is more likely to kill you than being burned. Sure, yeah. I and mean, so, what are airplane seat covers made of? Yeah, exactly. Not good stuff. Nothing you want to put in your pipe and smoke, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um so, you know, you've got all this nasty, toxic stuff in the air, so you want to get low, just like they teach you at home, you know, stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. Well, I think that's if you're on fire. Yeah. But they teach you to get down, <laughs> to go under the smoke. Right. Same principle here. Uh, if you do make it off the plane, which is the ideal scenario, you want to get the heck away <laughs> from there, because it could blow up, it could, you know, any number of things could happen. So you want to get as far away from the plane as you can, safely, and get behind something if there's something there. If there's, you know, a huge rock or a... A big tree. I mean, you just want to try and shield yourself in case there's a big explosion. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and um, do not, do not try and get your baggage off your uh, your carry on bags. It's <laughs> a good. What what if you have your pet on board? Uh, boy, you're asking the wrong guy. I would try and save my pet. Sure. 
But uh, they say no matter what it is, leave it behind. It's not worth it. Yeah. And uh, man, I didn't. I wasn't anticipating that. Yeah, that'd be a rough. You really one. caught that'd me off guard there. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, my pets uh, don't fly, so I won't ever have to uh, to deal with that. Uh, they also say don't drink. I saw that, yeah. and I was no, I just can't. Okay, well, I, I can't. The choice is I yours. I can't fly. Right. Normal. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. I don't like to drink aboard a flight. It kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't like it. So yeah. about the pressure and. Maybe it's the expense in those little bottles. I just I don't get into it. I love those little bottles. Uh, they also say not to inflate your life vest until um, you're outside the cabin mm-hmm. because Good advice. yeah, it can restrict your movement, which you don't want when you're running out of a, a plane on fire. No, you don't want to be at the exit and then your life vest gets hung on uh, the seat before the explosion. Yeah, and I think uh, that's about all the tips I have for you. Josh. Well, you know, uh, I, I do have one more thing, Chuck. What's um, that? People who survive plane crashes. Actually, tend to um, to uh, score better on uh, emotional uh, quotient tests, things like um, post traumatic symptoms, right. than people who have not been in plane crashes. They actually score significantly higher. Um, there was a 1999 Old Dominion University uh, study of f- 15 crash survivors across the United States, and um, these people just basically had a more positive outlook on life. And uh, didn't show uh, the signs of stress, like these people who who served as a control dro- control group right. who flew, uh, I think five times a year or more, and who'd never been in a plane crash. That makes sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense. They theorized that it was because they'd been through this huge ordeal, and um, they kind of learned not to sweat the small stuff. Yeah, seriously, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and people again who had shown control, who were in control, right? Like you, you were suggesting, they actually had an, the highest score of all. If they thought of themselves as having stayed in control or maybe helped somebody off the plane, right? Apparently, you just cannot have a better outlook on life than if you've helped someone off a burning plane when you survived a plane crash. Wow! So yeah. let's let's seek it out. I wish I knew what that feeling kind of felt like. Yeah, kind of, but at the same time, kind of like... Kind of not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's just one more quickie, Josh. I would we be, will uh, never let these listeners go. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't say that um, try to stay calm. That's the number one thing you can do. Because panic, uh, people can't even unbuckle their seatbelt many times because they're in such a state of panic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, stay calm. Yeah. If you can. Chuck, you may have just saved some lives. Wow. You should feel good about yourself. Well, if, you know, if we have any uh, plane crash survivors that uh, survived because of my advice, please let me know. And I might feel like that guy that saved the person from the burning Yeah, yeah. talk about a positive outlook on life. And uh, before we let you go, uh, let us just give you uh, a little peek at what Chuck and I think is the coolest article on the site. It's called, Do We Really Get Wiser With Age? Yeah. It is by our colleague, uh, writer Molly Edmonds, who's just a dynamo. And her article is She is a cool dynamo. Too. She really is. <laughs> And her article is super cool, too. So both uh, Chuck and I give that one the thumbs up and strongly recommend it. And uh, you can find that article, How to Survive a Plane Crash. Chuck's written a whole slew of survival articles. And you can find them all by typing uh, some clever words into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?